there and welcome to another instalment of the Queer the City podcast by Homotopia. I'm Shar Bins, Festival Director at Homotopia. Uh, we've got a bit of a different one for you this episode. This is an interview between myself and the poet Jay Hume, who we invited up to Liverpool as part of Homotopia Festival 2021 in partnership with Liverpool's most eclectic spoken word night, A Lovely Word. And Jay is a, a fantastic poet. They had a couple of books out last year, The Backwater Sermons, and also a book for children called Here Be Monsters. And I recommend that you check both of those out. But something else about Jay is that they're very open about being a trans man, and they're very open about being a Christian. And uh, we're often told that these two things don't somehow work together. So I always think it's really interesting to meet people who explode those stereotypes. Jay is also really geeky, and I think he won't mind me saying that, he's really geeky about church buildings and about cathedrals. So we, we met on Liverpool's Hope Street outside the Metropolitan Cathedral and had a good old chat about all of those exciting things. Keep listening to the end of the podcast uh, to find out how you can get involved with Homotopia. Okay, so it's the, the first day of Homotopia Festival 2021, and we're here on Liverpool's Hope Street with poets, activists, all-round good egg, Jay Hume. Um, Jay, uh, you want to say say hello and maybe tell us a little bit about you to start with? Hi, yeah, I'm Jay. I don't know if I am that much of a good egg, but I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take any compliment you want to give me. Um, yeah, I'm a poet. I am, as I keep telling people, I am balls deep in the cult in that I'm very Christian, uh, church warden at St Nicholas Church in Leicester. And, uh, yeah, I'm trans, I'm a nuisance, and I really enjoy climbing churches and cathedrals, which is, I think, why they decided to do this on Hope Street, so I just feel lured by two buildings at once. That is 100% correct, Jay. <laughs> well guessed. Um, so anybody that um, has never been to Liverpool, first of all, why the hell not? Come on down. Um, we are in the heart of Liverpool's Georgian Quarter, and something that a lot of people don't know is that Liverpool has more Georgian buildings than Bath. Did you know that, Jay? I did not know that. Are they like spread out? Or I mean, I noticed them when I was on top of the Anglican Cathedral that there were many. I was impressed. I didn't know that the stats were quite that good. That's a very small city though. So I, I can see it. It's plausible, I believe you. Liverpool's quite a small city too, actually. But um, yeah, we've got... So if you sort of wander around this area, there's all kinds of gorgeous uh, spots you can see. Obviously, it comes with the history that Liverpool has, which is, you know, we, we boom and bust during the slave trade. But there's a lot of history here. And a lot you can see. But the reason we've come to Hope Street in particular is because we've got this slightly strange, is it unique? I don't know, maybe you know more than I do, Jay. A situation where we've got a cathedral at each end of the street. So it's not unique to have two cathedrals in a city. You've got Norwich, which also has a Roman Catholic cathedral and an Anglican cathedral. But it is, I don't know any other city in England that has a cathedral at either end of the street. It's quite possible it's the only one in the world, to be honest with you, because that's wild. I love it. Um, symbolically, it's excellent, but it is weird. It is a bit weird and maybe a little bit provocative. I'm not entirely sure about the history of uh, why the Met Cathedral, the Catholic Cathedral, was built sort of uh, looking towards the Anglican Cathedral that was already there. But we, we sort of moved towards the Catholic Cathedral now. You spent... A really uh, huge chunk of your, your day the other day, Jay, I think, exploring the Anglican. If anyone follows Jay on Twitter, which I, I would encourage you to do, um, Jay gave a, a whole tour via uh, the magical world of, of Twitter. Um, what, what was that like for you? How did that come about? 
Um, so I, I am notorious for wanting to climb church buildings um, and get in all the, the hidden parts. And so when I was like, oh, I'm coming to Liverpool, a friend of mine was like, right, I can hook you right up. Um, and so it was just this cishet priest and then two trans people just climbing all over this cathedral. It was great fun. He was like, let me introduce you. So it was like trans in towers. And we did all the stuff that the public are allowed in. So you can go to the top of the Anglican Cathedral and look around. But you have to go via like this set route and you can't go into certain areas. And then we did all the bits you're not allowed to go into. And we climbed around the bells and in the ringing room, which is insane. And um, over the top of the roof vault. So the, the ceiling inside and then the roof outside, there's a big, huge gap in between. And so we walked along the wooden catwalks that go over the roof vaults um, and then down the inside of the west front. So there's like these two sort of columns on the west front full of rooms um, either side. And we went down the ones, one of them. We didn't go in both, unfortunately. We found a kayak. We found the mitre stand for bishop for the bishop's hat. We found a creepy room full of statues. It was a very, very weird but very fun experience. That sounds like quite the day, Jay. Um, I just want to read a quote that I have from you. You said, cathedrals are, without a doubt, the world's sexiest buildings. Can, can you unpack that a bit for us? Well, I mean, it's just true, isn't it? They're just, they're very sexy. Um, I think, if we're going to be serious about it, um, so there are lots of things that are built because humans like building stuff. That's sort of all we do. We're sitting here and everything is, is around us has been, has been built. All of the landscaping has been built. That's what humans do. But we build for different reasons. You know, we build for industry, we build for shelter, we build to show off. But cathedrals and other faith buildings, but, you know, I live in England, so generally we, the grand ones are cathedrals, are built for a higher purpose. You know, they're built for reasons beyond human. And I think that that gives them something that, that we don't see anywhere else. So, for example, a medieval cathedral, which you don't have in Liverpool, if you climb up into the roof of one of those, like, something, you know, almost 100 feet above the ground, you'll find gold leaf in the tiny carvings like they put all of the details in where even humans can't see them because god can see everything so they're done for something beyond human endeavor and that makes them incredible and beautiful and personally a little bit sexy fantastic so you've already done your tour of the anglican we're sat now outside liverpool's metropolitan catholic cathedral should we go in and have a little look Oh my god, yes. She's great. I it's really annoyed that it's not really sunny because she is just I mean, obviously I know too much about her already from checking her out previously before going inside. One must do research. But she is just a bastion of stained glass. Though I know the roof leaks because concrete, man, don't do it. She's great. I love brutalist architecture and people find that very confusing from someone who loves a cathedral, but she's great. Let's go. Let's do it, alright. Okay, so we, we've just had a look inside uh, the Catholic Metropolitan Cathedral and we've now come back out and we're sheltering in a little nook because it's a very windy day here in Liverpool. Um, Jay, what, what did you make of the cathedral? Well, I mean, she was sexy, wasn't she? We knew that was sure coming. Was. Um, I, even without the sun, the, uh, the glass was very, very beautiful. I'm, I'm a big fan of brutalist churches, I think. People are often surprised by that because I generally do old, like really old churches. You know, 1400s is basically brand new. Is something I've actually said. But I love Brutus architecture. It's part of what I really liked about the inside of the Liverpool um, Anglican Cathedral was they've got these massively out-of-place brutalist stairs going up and the inside's all brick and it's quite weird when you go behind the scenes, as it were. And I just, I love a Brutus Cathedral. I think that is something that Catholic churches in the UK do really, really well. Unfortunately, we Anglicans stole all of their churches, so they had to start fresh. And they they didn't... 
they didn't hold on to what churches had been. They went for something new and exciting. And I really respect that. You know, we Anglicans just keep building the same Gothic revival thing over and over and over again. And it's like, we're done. We're finished. That's over. Make something new. And it's, it's just beautiful. I love the use of light. As we were going around, I was like, oh, look, that's a symbolic thing. Um, it was great. I was really into it. I love all the side chapels and all their different shapes. It's great. Yeah, I highly recommend uh, touring a cathedral with Jay. Um, he's very, very knowledgeable, even in a cathedral he's never been in before. So, Jay, I just want to talk a little bit about you now and sort of get back to sort of your love of cathedrals pre-becoming a Christian and maybe hear a bit about that story, if that's all right. So one of my favourite books that I've read recently um, in the last couple of years is a book called The Book of Queer Prophets, which was curated by Ruth Hunt, who used to run Stonewall. And um, there's a chapter in there by you called How to Get God's Attention. So I wonder if you could just briefly kind of share that story that that it is that chapter, which is how you came to to be a trans man and a Christian, because sometimes we feel like these things can't can't go together. And we'll unpack that a little bit, but let's let's hear your story first. So this is a story of how I ended up balls deep in the cult. <laughs> so that chapter, ironically, was originally called "On Calling God a Bitch," and the publishers got really worried about that and uh, insisted that I change it. And they said, "Can we call it this?" And I was like, "Yeah." fine fine and they removed loads of my commas i love a comma um and they were like this is too many put in a full stop so i wrote this chapter um and it's about how i found god so um i have always loved church buildings and old architecture but particularly churches and when i was a very small child our holiday our family holiday because we had one so we had to pack everything in and my parents were really into motorbike racing and the 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 racer at the time to go and watch was this guy called valentino rossi who was you can tell is italian and so the thing was to go and see him at his home circuit in italy and at that time you could take your kid out of school but you had to have an excuse and watching a motorbike racer wasn't a good enough excuse but going to see historical unarchitectural sites was a really good excuse so they they had to take because they knew I'd snitch, so they had to take me to various uh, churches and cathedrals in Italy, which really, really got me got me into it um, because they do do a good building and they tend to be warmer than the British ones, so the the experience is more pleasurable. So I'd always loved a church building and I always sort of walked around them. Oh, there go the bells! I love a bell. <laughs> I'm insisting we listen to the bells. This can be edited out, but we're doing it. It's going to sure do the it's going to do the time dongs in a minute. You ready? Oh, you fucker. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... There you go. Oh. I love a bell. Anyway, so, back to the story. I always loved walking around the outside of churches. I never really went in them. Because by the time I was old enough that I was sort of brave enough to go in them on my own, I was also like, wow, I'm a massive queer. I wasn't sure what letter I was, but I was in there. Um, so I was like, no, because Christianity was just people shouting at you on street corners. So I was like, absolutely not. And so I just walked around them. And then I ended up through a series of ridiculous events that included many gays becoming the coach of the Durham University Poetry Slam team, which is a stupid thing, having never gone to Durham University. And Durham Cathedral is the sexiest cathedral on earth and the love of my life. And we could talk for hours, so we won't. But she's extraordinarily beautiful. And I was like, I don't believe in God, but I will give you a discount on my unusual rates if you never book me to do workshops 
during Evensong at the cathedral because I go every time, even though I'm not religious. I just really like the music and the building. Honest, guys. <laughs> oblivious. Oblivious. It's sort of the story of my life, is me just being stubborn and oblivious. I was like, I'm not a man, honestly. I just really like everything. Oh, no. I'm not a Christian. I just really... Oh, no. So I kept going. Um, and this ha this went on for like three years. It was really bad. And in late 2019, I mean, the plague's been, but I think it was 2019. The year before the plague was 19, right? Not 18. 2019. November 2019. I was, uh, I was in Durham and I was doing some coaching and I found, um, one of the, one of the poets I was coaching wanted to talk to me about his future. He wasn't going to be a full-time poet. I knew this is a stupid job. You shouldn't do it unless it's the only thing you want to do on earth and the only thing you're capable of. So he was going to break it to me, you know, and I knew what was coming. He was going to come out as not a poet, I guess. So we had dinner um, and he was like, look, we'll go to the cathedral. I know you love the cathedral. We'll do Evensong. I was like, yes. Um, we do Evensong and I'm sat there having all these feelings and I'm like, look, you can't make me feel things all of the time. Like that's literally my job. I am a poet. So either do a thing or fuck off. This is you talking to God, just to be clear there, Jay. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, never been respectful in my life and never will be. So I was like, do a thing or fuck off. And clearly God was like, <laughs> um, because that night a woman was hit by a car outside the restaurant we had dinner in. And then earlier that day, the river had flooded. So Durham Cathedral is surrounded on three sides by this river. It's beautiful. It's, again, I could go on for hours. Um, and the paths along the river are unpaved and unlit and you don't walk along them at night unless you want to get murdered or you're with as i was a six foot something white shaved head straight guy who plays loads of sports um so i was there with my protector walking along this this path um and the river was really really high because it flooded it was almost at the path and it was full of like debris and stuff because it flooded some some like car parks and stuff up the hill up the hill upstream and we were walking along below the cliffs and we stop at a bridge and he's like I'm not going to be a poet anymore and I'm like it's fine he's like I'm going to be a lawyer I was like that's great give your money to poets um, <laughs> become rich do it I believe in you and it's a beautiful clear night and I'm taking photos of the stars on my phone because extra because there are no street lights so why wouldn't I and I'm checking the long exposure and there's a group of people coming along the bridge and so the bridge is plausible that people walk along um, it's not lit but it's between two very lit spaces so you, you do it and this guy like splits himself away from the group and climbs onto the edge of the bridge and I'm like what the fuck is he doing and my mate's like oh my god and runs over and I'm like well now I can't get involved because that will change the dynamic so I'm just going to stand here and panic so the kid jumps off the bridge and I'm like shit everyone's like shit um, and we run over to the parapet and we look over the side and we're like shining our phone torches in the water but they don't reach the water because it's too far away and it's cold and it's running towards a weir and it's full of debris and it's like his phone keeps ringing and I'm like I know exactly why his phone's ringing don't pick it up I'm not having that conversation and the cathedral is like stood on the cliffs behind us like lit and I'm like do a thing or fuck off and we obviously we phone an ambulance and the police and just everybody we're just like they're like who do you want and we're like everything bring everybody and then we hear this noise while we're waiting. We hear this noise from the far bank. And there are two paths on that on that bank. One leads to the bridge and one leads to the boat sheds for the university. Um, and that's all it leads to. And he is washed up on the second of those paths, which leads to nowhere, at the feet of a group of people who were walking on a murder path to nowhere on a freezing cold November night. And he is alive. And I'm like, do a thing or fuck off. And I ring my mate who I'm staying with and I'm like, don't panic everybody's alive but this happened um, and he's like where do you want to meet and I'm like the cathedral but obviously it's closed because it's night time so I go back to his and I just lie awake all night and my brain's like go to the cathedral talk to a priest go to the cathedral talk to a priest and I'm like I'm not doing it I refuse I'm, I'm being stubborn and I'm not doing it I don't believe in God how dare you and I'm staying all day and my mate's like 
I've got to go into town for something. I know you love the cathedral. Do you want to like hang out in the cloisters and then we'll get lunch? And I was like, fine. Uh, so I go to the cathedral and I sit in my favourite seat because I had a favourite seat even though I was like, I don't believe in God. I just spend enough time here that I have my favourite seat that I always sit in. I looked for the stained glass and sort of prayed for the first time and then I was like, hi, can I talk to a priest? And they were like, there are none available right now. And I was like, I watched a guy jump off a bridge last night and they were like, hold on one minute. I got on the walkie talkies and this priest like speed walked in in his cassock like he'd clearly come from something important. Um, I was like, hi. Um, and he asked me, he asked me, um, are you religious? Because he'd seen me at Evensong the night before and every night previously. I wear very obvious coats. It was my white herringbone one. So it was like clear that I was that guy. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I'm not comfortable saying that I'm religious, but I'm no longer comfortable saying that I am not. And he was like, huh, yeah, sure. Um, only he didn't say that because he was very good. Um, and I went home and I rang like the three Christians I knew, all of whom were gay. And I was like, Jesus is stalking me. What the fuck do I do? And they mailed me Bibles and I read them all. And then there was a plague. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an abrupt end to that story. Um, okay, let me let me focus. <laughs> That's a, that's quite a story. Um, I don't do halves. I do not do half measures. I refuse. It's either all or nothing. And God knows that and taunts me. I absolutely respect and love that. So, Jay, uh, my past life is uh, working in the interfaith movement um, and studying religion. And through that, it really occurred to me that, obviously, as queer people, we're used to coming out. But within the LGBTQIA community... If you're a person of faith, you almost have to come out as a person of faith. Um, do, you, do you relate to that? Oh my God, absolutely. I had to do like a coming out like blog post. I was like, hi, I really like Jesus, but I'm not going to be weird about it. Um, and I'm still a massive queer. How are we doing? Um, and I've got a number of friends who aren't queer but have had bad relationships and experiences with Christianity. And it's been very much a series of... I'm not going to try and evangelize you. I am the same. Like, it is like coming out. It's like, I'm the same person. I honestly found coming out as Christian a little bit harder than coming out as trans because coming out as trans, I was like, everything's going to blow up and I can see this coming. Um, but coming out as Christian, it was just so stupid. <laughs> like such a weird, surreal thing to be going around like, I'm just really into Jesus. Um, these days, generally, I come out as as Christian um, in a really stupid way, which is whenever anyone's like, oh, do you drink? Because I don't drink, I'm teetotal. And, you know, in gay and, and queer places, drink is often a thing, you know, um, which is a problem our culture has. But, you know, another that's another podcast, I think. But I always go, only Jesus. Um, and it's just the easiest way to get around that I do drink. I'm like, no, dear, only Jesus. It's true and it works. So I, I that's sort of how I do it these days because by doing that, it's very much like it's chill um, and you make a joke out of it. And because you make a joke out of it, people feel more comfortable because there is that kind of, I don't know, I think. So one of my favorite facts um, is that the word silly um, in Middle English and, and Early English used to mean holy. And I love silly faith. And I think people are really scared of being silly. And so when I'm like, oh, I'm Christian, they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm here like, no, 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 no. We call the reserved sacrament, which is like bread that you've blessed and turned into Jesus or not, depending on your theology. But we're outside the Catholic cathedral, so we'll go for the real presence here. Bread that you've turned into Jesus and then you put in a cupboard for later. And at my church, we call it Blue Peter Jesus because it's one we made earlier. And so that's sort of the level at which I operate. Like when it's in, when, you know, during service is duly reverent and all of that. But silliness is such an important part of faith. You know, 
God made us and God also made like laughter. So let's roll with it. And so that whole, the way I come out is that you make a joke of it because it's like, it's, it's not a problem. Do not panic. Let's be gay here. I love that. Jay, I want to talk to you about your latest book, uh, Backwater Sermons, which is where you actually combine poetry and uh, your faith for the first time, would you say? I think, yeah, definitely for the first time. I mean, I wrote it during the plague having sort of come to faith so there wasn't much space for me to do it previously I think maybe I was playing with it but not knowing before I realized that Jesus had been stalking me for long enough you know all my friends were like yeah we know I believe in God they're like yeah we know this is almost your coming out book then for for your Christianity Uh, can I tell you a a little passage I read on on Goodreads because this is how I find out what the people are thinking about the book (laughs) so someone called Valor on Goodreads describes this as utterly bloody brilliant and then goes on to say, this collection will make you think very deeply about what is human, divine, holy, and all three. Is that a good summary? I mean, I wouldn't like to toot my own horn, but <laughs> obviously it's a masterpiece, if that's what the people say. Um, yeah, it's... So I wrote it during, during uh, COVID. So Leicester got really badly hit by COVID. We were under the harshest restrictions for a continuous year. Um, it was really, really dark. And churches were closed and I sort of joined like the church during COVID. I emailed this priest. I googled all of the churches in my area, found the gayest one and emailed the priest and I was like, hi, this is the gayest church in Leicester. How do I join during a plague? And the priest was like, I have no idea. Let's work it out. And so we'd meet in like parks and stuff. And I lived near a lot of old industry, dilapidated factories, canals, that kind of thing. So it was very much about finding the divine in the everyday because that's all we had until the church reopened, which is really ironic for someone who loves church buildings. But they were closed there is a bit about church buildings with church buildings in it and it's about so not all of the poems are explicitly about being queer you know there's like um queer as a calling and jesus at the gay bar and beatitudes for a queer church they're obviously explicitly queer but all of them are quite queer because i wrote them so there's one where um you meet god in the back of a taxi and the the narrator the person the poem is about isn't it's not actually the narrator, but there's a per- it's, it's, it's like an address, someone speaking to someone, and the person being spoken to, there isn't gendered, so it could, you know, all of the readers can, can believe in it. But at the beginning of the poem, they're on a date with a man, and at the end of the poem, they're kind of flirting with God, who is, in this poem, a woman. And so I was like, yes, get that by energy. And then there's another one which is about um, finding God everywhere. Um, Jesus is hanging out in a multi-story car park and it's about how we lock God into, into buildings. And there's a line which is like, my son, for he calls me son, unlike any father I've had before. And it's like big trans energy. And it's just sort of sprinkled throughout if you want to, if you want to find it. Every poem is a little bit queer because a little queer wrote them. Fantastic. My final question, Jay, is one that I get asked a lot as the festival director of Homotopia. And... Sometimes I find it a quite a, kind of an annoying question, but sometimes it's, you know, it's really, you just need to be explicit. So why is queer art important? I think queer art is important because if we're going to be religious about it, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. We'll be thematic. Queer art is important because queer people have been given a gift to see the world in a way that other people don't, to experience the world in a way other people don't. And 
queer as an adjective is so exciting because it is about something being slightly different about something being officially, you know, originally queer meant strange and unusual. And I don't think strange or unusual is bad. It's about seeing the world through a different lens and being really Jesus-y. Obviously, I see that as a gift from God. Um, And I think sharing your gifts is really important and sharing that perspective is really important, but also to see and to be seen. Um, You know, people always ask me, why do you put your trans on the back of your books, even when they're not about being trans? And I'm like, because we need to be seen. Um, and we need other queer people to see us because you know I grew up and I didn't know trans was a thing and I came out a little bit before I hate that it this is like the line but I came out a little bit before Caitlyn Jenner came out I came out a few months maybe a year before that and so trans wasn't really a thing that was talked about and that made it so difficult yes bells trans wasn't a thing that we talked about and it, it, it made that very difficult and to be able to see yourself is extraordinarily important and to to be able to see other people who aren't the same as you is also very very important there have been studies about kids who read books on you know with with a broad range of people represented and they grow up to be more empathetic people it can be quantified and studied Um, and so it's important not just for queer people um, both young and old and whatever stage of coming out they are but for everybody on earth to see this gift that we have got and to have that shared with them You made it to the end of the podcast. Well done, folks. A huge, huge thanks to Jay Hume for being our special guest on this podcast. We had a ball. Please do check them out on all their social medias and go and buy some of their fantastic poetry. You can listen to more episodes of Homotopia's podcast. We have Queer the City podcast and the Queer Gaze podcast, all about wonderful LGBTQIA art and artists. And do keep an eye on all of our social medias to see what we've got coming up throughout the year. Homotopia Festival 2022 will take place in November and we're currently looking for people to to be part of that festival. So if you'd like to send us a submission, check out the website for all the details. Huge thanks to Olivia for producing and editing this podcast and we'll see you again soon. Cheerio!